Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Blooms, and I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Alright, so before I get started in here today, guys, first off, I just want to say this is a live recorded podcast. I'm doing this in front of my Twitch chat once again, because today is a special day. We are proud to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Plumescast, which to me is completely wild, okay? I did not think I would be able to make a year's worth of podcasts. Now, mind you, I don't think I got all the way up to... You know, I, I got at least half, half the year. <laughs> and also considering uh, the fact that I did not start until February. So take off like four episodes. The max I could have done is like 44. I think in the end I got through 30-ish. Everyone spe- spam sound redeems. Wow, Mehers, how dare you? But yes, as I said, this is a live or I'm doing this live, you guys are listening to the pre-recorded version. And I'm excited, like, again, I'm just excited to be here. Because, <laughs> oh god, Raymu asks, So Seth, what are your thoughts on millennials doing podcasts? What is the deal with millennials doing podcasts? That's delight- <laughs> delightfully absurd, Gov. Oh my god. Well, you see, Raymu, all millennials are getting into podcasting now, and some Gen Z are too. Thanks to the ease of access and entry into the world of podcasting, thanks to a great program called Anchor FM. If you haven't heard about Anchor, here's your opportunity. <laughs> oh my god. So, Seth, what are your thoughts on the person in the room with you? <laughs> you know? People aren't going to know who that is if they don't know what's going on. But for those who, who don't know, my sweet fox wife is in the room. She is doing um, some background art for me for stream stuff. And she's been doing an amazing fucking job. Guys, I seriously, like, I'm so excited for y'all to see this. It really feels like this year, both in stream and podcast, things are about to take off. And I'm just genuinely excited about that. You know, we don't always get the opportunity to, like, have those aha moments where it's like, yes, I'm doing the right thing, but this is kind of that moment. When you see, like, sponsorship stuff coming in, you see, you know, podcast listens and, like, um, talking about wisdom and everything else. Like, genuinely speaking, Foxwife, what are you, Markiplier? Does, does Mark... Does Mark have a fox wife? I that's news to me if he does. Genuinely speaking, don't look at me like that. <laughs> what? Oh, I thought you gave me like a little look like, hmm, I'm not the original. <laughs> I trust me too. <laughs> Seth is the closest thing to yo or the closest thing to Markiplier we have. What do you mean? <laughs> but anyway no man i four minutes in and i'm already like five different kinds of off topic which you know should be expected at this point but no seriously like i am excited to do this one live because i want to talk to y'all about you know podcasting and the things i've learned while doing it and like some of my favorite uh oh my god shut up Ramu. Um, Raymu says, yeah, Markiplier has a fox wife. It's nine tails. Like, he's talking about the literal Pokemon. <laughs> Seth, you should get a Markiplier titty mouse pad. Does he have those? Actually, no, I have Tomomo titty mouse pad. That's, I'm fine with this thing. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, long story short, you know, this is a great opportunity to talk about, you know, Things I've learned while doing the podcast, things that, like, reaching out to other podcasters and trying to grow as a podcaster and getting, really getting comfortable with doing podcasts in general. Because, you know, and I was debating this, and I kind of want to save it for next year, but man boobs are cooler. Debatable. Um, But I'm kind of debating, or I was debating whether or not I wanted to do this this year or next year. But I want to, after, you know, next year, 
when we hit year two of Plumescast, I want to go back and listen to the first, like, episode of Podcast Live with y'all. And just be able... And, like, the only reason I'm not doing it now is because I'd have to do a shit ton of editing <laughs> on, uh, on the recording that Spotify and all gets. Because for them to be able to hear me at the same time and be able to split things properly, oh my god, I'd be sitting here like, alright, stop, split, alright, continue. But anyway, no, I am, like, genuinely excited to be here. I'm, like, he has booby, wait, he has a booby mouse pad? Oh, oh, yeah, no, Mehers was the one that bought me this Tamamo mouse pad. I still have it here, hang on, I'll, I'll show the world. Sorry, Spotify and everybody else listening in, but here it is. It's still as clean as the day he's got it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Inglorious 720p for y'all. But, duh. <laughs> also, BGM is loud. Okay, thank you for that. I will turn that down. I thought it was me hearing that. Spotify, you don't have to worry about that. That should be right there. Okay. Mehers by Seth and Markiplier Mousepad. Jesus. Like, this is going to be probably the most interactive chat that I've had during a podcast in a hot, hot minute. But that's fine. I, like I said, I wanted to do this one live because I can't do this without y'all. I've said that ever since the beginning. When I first started doing uh, podcasts, I was like, all right, I can do this, but I need, you know, some kind of backup. I want y'all to be involved. I want you to be excited about it like I am. And I want to, like just be able to teach the world and you know it's weird to it like it's still wild to me that this was something that stuck as well as it did you know genuinely speaking i am the type and i think y'all know this if you've known me for long enough but i am the type to go through start something and then if i'm not seeing the results i will just give up on it because ultimately i'm like why am i wasting my limited time with this and honestly I have, uh, I've been really thankful to be able to do podcasts just because it's given me an opportunity, one, not to only, you know, reinforce the thoughts within myself and be able to learn and teach, um, like these different principles that really I have no chance to talk about during the day at all, which granted, I probably shouldn't be talking about mental health at the workplace, but it's such a crucial thing that gets overlooked that I love the fact that now I've kind of become a little bit of a advocate for that you know taking the right precautions being able to breathe relax and do what you need to do to be your best self and because of what I'm teaching y'all I'm also reinforcing my own principles within myself and I'm taking what I'm telling y'all and actually applying it to myself more do I think I've become a happier person throughout the year? I would say so. It's probably a lot thanks to that one sitting back there. But <laughs> um, I think in a lot of regards, I've become stronger in my own right. Because now having... Like, that's the thing. One of the biggest things that podcasting has taught me is being able to be okay with having conversations with myself. You know, I know for a fact that when... I'm doing Twitch streams, yes, I can rely on you guys more because y'all are here, you're a part of that, but when I'm doing a podcast, I don't have that ability to gauge your reaction. At least I didn't early on, and I'm definitely thankful that, you know what, hang on, my eyes are starting to bug me. I'm gonna slide these on. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nerdify myself real quick. Wow. Yeah, but now <laughs> you look at my screen and you can just see the reflection of the monitors in my eyes. <laughs> but, um, no, genuinely speaking, like, it gave me a chance to be okay with being vulnerable to a stranger. And that, you know, it isn't easy to do because I talk about a lot of personal stories. I want this to come off as, you know, as authentic as two friends talking with one another. When I present myself to y'all, it's not Seth the podcaster, Seth the Twitch streamer. No, it's just Seth. It's not anything else. And that's how I always wanted it to be. Because that's how I feel, like, does, like, that's how I feel is best. I'm able to 
easily and openly express some of the most, like, hurtful things. Like, being able to... And I know this is going to sound weird. But being able to talk about my mom's passing with such a... I guess clarity and a strength behind it. Like, yes, I was clearly saddened during that one. But I wasn't... I wasn't, like, down on the ground. I wasn't, you know, crying about it. I wasn't anything but me. And I think that's why I love that episode as much as I do. Because, at the end of the day, it's realistic. It's not, you know... And that's the thing that I feel like, you know, certain other podcasters will do. Is they're not realistic with their audiences. They don't follow their own advice. They don't follow the things that they're telling you because maybe they're trying to get you to sign up to some program or maybe they want you on some medicine, something. And I just love the fact that you guys allow me to come out and be as authentic and altruistic as I can, you know? And it's like, I actually had to do some thinking about it here recently when it comes to sponsorships, like, I've been approached about doing a few podcast sponsors. Now, obviously, they didn't know what my click-through rate was. So, you know, to them, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm advertising podcast, tee And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we want to work with you. And it's like, oh, you only get how many views? <laughs> but, um, no, it was one of those things where it's like, I sat with them and I'm like, look. You know, I'm not going to advertise on podcasts unless I believe in what your product is. So I can say this with a certainty, you will almost never see a BetterHelp, you know, sponsorship on here. Because BetterHelp is not the, it's not BetterHelp. I'm sorry. You know, I've did a lot of research into them at some point. (laughs) Oh my god. Raymu says, this podcast is sponsored by Honey VPN, me undies. <laughs> Good lord. No. Like, genuinely speaking, like, I don't feel as though the support that they offer and all the therapists that they have, like, it's not good help. You know, for the money, at least for the money that you're spending on better help, you could go to an actual therapist and work with somebody and just get everything out. But... That's aside the point, you know, I want to be able to say like when a sponsorship comes through, like, yeah, Anchor, I love Anchor. I think Anchor's great because it allows me to get my voice to all of you. And if other people have stories they want to tell, by all means, Anchor FM, just because, hey, I'm using it. But that all to say, I think... Going forward, you know, because that's the thing, too, is I was recently for, you know, all my Spotify and Apple and Google podcasts and actually YouTube. It's set up. I'm proud to say the first episode of Plumes Cast to come out on YouTube is coming out next Thursday. So be excited for that. I got a static image that I'm still finishing up to make it look all pretty because the thing is that I realized I can't do a video version of it like this because I use you know Toho music in it all the time and I don't want you know people to come in listening like expecting a podcast and listening to the Toho-ified version I do it for y'all because you know I understand it's great to have some background music playing and it kind of it actually helps me pace myself Because I can't sit and look at the clock while I'm talking. It doesn't allow me to, like... It makes me think, like, oh, man, I'm I'm already talking so much. I'm talking so little. So having, like, music in the background is like, okay, I'm on stage three. (laughs) I got a good amount of time that I can talk. But anyway, I'm just, like, slowly pulling out the veils of things. This podcast is sponsored by Toho. Bro, I wish... I wish Toho Lost Word would hit me up and be like, Hi, Phantasma. We have a Phantasma in our thing, too. And we think y'all ought to do a commercial together. Like, I think that'd be funny. But... (laughs) Um, Anyway. So, no. I want to open the floor to any questions you guys have about doing podcasts, things I've learned while doing it. If you want to talk about... uh, Didn't you diss them last stream? Oh, no, I did. (laughs) I did. 
Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> oh, Ramu says, Do you enjoy Genshin and Kantai and all that waifu shit? Toho has waifus. I don't know what the story is, but the girls are cute, so whatever. <laughs> oh my god, that that is so many gacha reviews. Like, okay, actually, this is a great segue point. Uh, but prior to, if you guys have any questions about anything relating to podcasts, feel free to ask. This is an open floor. I'm here to answer all of them and just have fun with this because I want to look back. Like, that's the thing. In two years or in one more year when we hit year two of Plumescast, I want to look back at, you know, Plumescast 01, very first episode. This is actually the start of a second season. So the numbers will restart, and I think uh, what Spotify will do is collapse it down into uh, season one and go from there. But anyway, when I hit year three, I want to come back to year one, and I just kind of want to keep spacing it out. Like, if I continue to do podcast, and that was the thing that I kind of thought about too, is when I, like, if I ever stop doing stream... Would I continue to do podcasts? And I think the answer is yes. Just because I think podcasting as a medium is much easier to get into. You know, not as far as, you know, setting up streams and all that stuff. But I mean, like, as a time commitment and being able to tell stories. Like, if I didn't have stream to tell y'all personal stories, I would just go straight podcasting and be like, Alright guys, welcome to, you know, Plumes of the Week or whatever. Where I talk about the things that happened, things I learned, and so on and so forth. Um, and then, you know, tossing some things about mental health and well-being and just spirituality, everything, just because, you know, I'd like to continue the conversation. I don't ever want to come to a point where I just stop and just say, all right, I'm done with content creation. I'd rather do, if I was going to, I'd rather go a slow decline and just say, all right, we're going to finish the year podcast and then that's it. You know, thank you all for being here. It would be a very tearful ending, but it, you know, be how it goes. But anyway, to talk, go back a little bit, the Gotcha podcast, that is one of my most, like, one of my best performing podcasts, hands down. The good, the bad, and the gotcha. I've seen that shit on the top of every list that I've looked at, and it's like, it made me sit and think for a while. Whether or not I wanted to, uh, <laughs> oh my lord, Ramu says, do you want to activate your root chakra? Try Toho. Okay, I lied about the root chakra, but Toho's good. Source, trust me, bro. <laughs> but no, genuinely, like, I've been saying genuinely speaking a lot. I should get, like, a little bandage, sorry. But anyway, um... It made me consider, like, whether or not I wanted to change the focal point of Bloomscast and be a gotcha podcaster. But at the end of the day, like, when I thought of, like, because I, I genuinely did think about it for maybe about 20, 30-ish minutes. Because, like, and it was between episodes. Because I was like, look, you know, I could go out and go on to r slash... Um, gotcha gamers or gotcha games and just talk about the drama and all that's happening there but I didn't feel like it'd be authentic enough and it's like when it comes time for me to tell stories and come up with topics and everything else like I genuinely don't want to be like r slash who just reads you know things off of reddit I want to be able to have my own experiences and have my own stories to tell with it because again, I want it to be authentic. I want it to be, you know, a genuine conversation. I want it to be something that when you hear it, it's just truthful. It's no like there's no blurring of reality in it. So when I saw that though, I was like, ah, you know, I could I could, you know, be an anime podcaster cuz I know enough about older anime to be able to like keep up and have conversations with but at the end of the day there's like when I was thinking about you know forecasting coming up with you know future topics I didn't want to just come to a set stop you know and I didn't want to sit there and be like okay guys today we're gonna talk about you know 
Chainsaw Man Season 2. These are the things I liked about it. These are the things. Because the problem is, is in order for me to stay relevant with Chainsaw Man, I would have to be doing that as the season's going on. Or, you know, immediately after. And it's like, there are already other people doing that. Why would I jump on the same train as that? And it didn't feel like true to me. You know? And and then I start thinking about, like, what was my inspiration to start podcasts in general? And truth be told, and it's a little embarrassing to admit, but I really wanted to do a bit of self-preservation. You know, I wanted to be able to keep some of the stories that sometimes slip out of my head it recorded in some kind of way. But I also wanted those stories to help people. Because I realized I went through and you know, changed a lot. Also, I don't know why Streamlabs keeps coming up with that. Raymo, are you quoting things? If you are, I'm not seeing it. Um, Actually, real quick, real quick, real quick. I'm just going to come over. Oh, yeah, you are doing ad quote. Interesting. I wonder why it's not showing up over there. Oh, I think I know why. But uh, today we're going to talk about Chainsaw Man Season 2. Kermit critiquing a season of an anime that doesn't exist yet. I mean, the light novel's there. (laughs) But I think I know what's going on. I can fix that later. But, again, to go back, um, you know, when I was trying to forecast things, I just wanted to make sure I had plenty of topics. I didn't shoehorn myself too early on. Because I wanted, at the end of the day, I want Plumescast to be, one, yes, a advocate for mental health, And for, you know, taking the time that you need to relax and be you. And in order to get there, I wanted it to be a full expression of me. And for two, I want it to be something that we can talk about anything in. Because at the end of the day, like, it's a conversation. It's not a pod... Like, yes, it's a podcast, but it's a conversation. Not... Just me reading the news to you, you know? But, uh, going back just a tiny bit there, I was talking, like, or I was saying, like, the reasons why I started podcast, and, you know, it was self-preservation, but it was also because I wanted some of the, like, I wanted to remind people that you're not alone in the struggles that you go through, because I don't think there are enough, you know, stories out there of people going through similar you know, experiences. And it's like, I want people to know that at the end of the day, despite the fact that you may have a completely unique experience and a sequence of events, other people have experienced similar events and they're still here. You know, I think the fact that I'm able to tell my stories would, you know, help maybe tell somebody that they're going to be okay. It's not a biography by any means, but it's just like being able to share the experiences and somebody looking for that specific experience, like, hey, oh, here you go. Like, and I think back at the sad episode where, you know, I was talking for a little while about, you know, how to deal with sad, like what the symptoms are, how to deal with it, obviously, And, like, my experiences with it, and it's just, like, I hope that in listening through it, somebody else who's experiencing sad would be able to say, hey, I, you know, I relate to this. I understand this. I'm willing to listen a little bit more. Because at the end of the day, again, I feel as though there's not enough resources for people out there that aren't medical bullshit things where it's like, oh, sad is the deformation of vitamin D in the body, just like, no, just be human about it, like, that's, that's the thing, I want all my stories, at the end of the day, not to sound like machine ghibli goo, but to be human, because at the end of the day, I think when we get to a point as humanity, that we listen more to other people's stories, not only do we, we become more kind and more ap- or more appreciative of other people's experiences, but we also grow closer as a society and as a people. You know? Oi, that... 
I, wow, I went on a whole ass tangent there. That was like 25 minutes without me taking a breath. <laughs> Holy shit. But no. Again, let me interject something in here. If you guys have any questions, again, about anything that I'm talking about here, like seriously, feel free to ask. If you want to ask on wisdom, feel free to ask. I will admit, I've gotten kind of bad about wisdom. For a while, I was uh, recording like answers to questions at least once or twice a week while I was waiting for the Foxwife to get out of work, and I just I kind of bummed out with it a little bit. Because I'm not going to lie, and actually this is a great topic to talk about too, Wisdom itself is an interesting platform. Hi, Seth. I do not enjoy self-help advice that sounds like robot. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that, Raymu. You know, okay, no, I'm, I'll save that for another one. I was about to start on the topic that I want to do another podcast on. Um, actually, I'll, I'll tell you it now real fast. I want to do a podcast on AI self-help. I know that sounds weird. I can't believe Seth is the first AI streamer. No, that's, uh, what's her name? Uh, crap. He's an I. That, she was the AI streamer, man. God, it's still weird to me. Like, okay, really far off segue. Women don't exist. Don't say that, Joe. <laughs> Jesus. What? <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right. <laughs> You're too perfect. <laughs> AI self-help. Yeah, no. Raymu. I know it sounds weird. But there are chat bots starting to be developed where you talk with an AI that, you know, has been fed therapist-type prompts. And therapist, like, recordings of therapy sessions and the things that people get, like, people talk about. And... When you enter it, it's a completely new experience to you. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I want to talk about some of the good that AI can do. You know, mind you, I'm not a tech bro by any means. Like, yes, I'm a system administrator. I understand cybersecurity and, you know, I'm going to button this up. I feel like my titties are showing way too much. Um, blah, That's for you only. <laughs> But I want to talk about, you know, the benefits of AI because I think there are way too many people out right now that are talking about the financial side of things. Like, oh, yeah, you can make thousands of dollars, you know, using AI now, chat, GBT, woo. But, and then there's the other side of it where people are like, oh, you know, we can cut jobs. Your job's going to disappear because of AI. And it's just like, I want to find that healthy middle point, or maybe it's so left-wing to both of those, that's like, hey, AI is terrifying. You know what? At the end of the day, I can fully say that AI is terrifying. I've read enough science fiction stuff. I've seen enough that, you know, the things of science fiction usually do come reality. You know, think about it. When... We were back in the 80s, and we have video calls, and video streaming, and holograms. Bro, all that shit's real right now. And that was like 20, 30 years ago. People were predicting it. Am I saying the AI overlords are going to take over? Hell nah. I don't think so. But at the same time, I continuously think both my smart devices after everything, <laughs> after they help me with stupid question of the day. I saw Age of Ultron. I'm an expert on this. <laughs> but no, genuinely speaking, I God, I said it again. Um, I want to illuminate some of the good things that AI can do because I think it's possible. I think it's a great medium for somebody that doesn't want to go talk to a therapist, like an actual one. Somebody that's so holed up within themselves that they can only really talk to themselves. And having something on the other side that doesn't truly exist. I think that could be a great avenue for people that need help. That said also, I think AI can go on to do amazing work in medicine. Being able to, you know, rapidly do tests that would take years upon years of actual human testing to get there. 
like having a 99% confident answer on something, you know, I think that'd be amazing. And of course we're going to have a bunch, like the next five some odd years are going to be hell because right now AI is the new Google It is incredibly, I had to make sure it didn't start. Um, <laughs> have both my phone and, uh, my smart frame sitting in front of me, and I'm glad neither of them caught that. But at the same time, it's the new buzzword. It's the new, oh, this is going to ruin the way we do everything. This is going to kill libraries. This is going to kill this. It's going to kill that. And it's like, we all learn to adapt with a search engine. We learned how to use the internet to better help ourselves. Do I foresee, you know, AI becoming so overly powerful and self-aware that's just going to take away like are we going to get a Wally situation where we're just floating around and being fed happiness in a tube I don't think so unless that is the way people allow that to happen but I feel as though and I know this is a completely other topic but I feel as though we as a generation the Gen Z's the Millennials even part of Gen X um, have come to stand and come to understand us and come to understand we're human. We're not cogs in a machine. We're not, you know, just little feeble ants falling in line. No, we're individual people. We value individuality. We celebrate victories within ourselves and our communities. And we cherish, and like we actually listen to each other. Now, is it the way that we should be? working on it but at the same time i think we can get there you know and obviously i'm glossing over you know a lot of things i want to talk about but it's and obviously i'm also sugarcoating a lot of the good things about our generation there's a lot of shitty things too you know but i think all in all with some maturity we can you know make ai work for us Instead of let AI overtake us. But that is a whole other conversation down the line. You know, and if I were to do it, I would probably say, oh yeah, it's the first Bloomscast interview. And I would sit here and like type to the AI chatbot and be like, alright, well, I have some questions for you, Mr. Chatbot. And just go in with it. Again, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I thought it would be an interesting topic just because... For me, being system security and being, you know, like when I graduated, my school had basically surgically attached a tinfoil hat to my head because of the things I was learning and the things I was doing. Um, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious about the technology. But Ramu says, I also think litigation will have to put some chains on AI similar to how you can't just trace someone's art without repercussion. No, immediately that too. There's going to have to be rules. There's, it's a new... Like, again... Uh, let's see here. Oh, my God. Is this what you were thinking when you sent me those Yu-Gi-Oh! Battle videos that had Rick from Rick and Morty and Yu-Gi? You know, Rick and Marty, first off. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that 100%. But it did fascinate me. The fact that Deepfake has come to the level that it has. And again, you know... I, I love talking cybersecurity. I would love to do a cybersecurity-minded podcast. Like, I think I've already done one where it's like, you know, being... What's it like being a system admin? Or if you want to get into IT... Yeah, no, I did one on IT. But I'd love to go back and do another one about cybersecurity and things that you have to be aware of. Because the thing with cybersecurity is you always have to have an open mind to everything. Because it's not, like, it's not you making the decisions. It's not you, you know, like, yes, it is us, but let me explain it like this. It's not us making the initial decisions. It's not us saying, hey, guys, because, like, let me be real with you. As a sysadmin, I would love to go up to my users and be, or my, uh, you know, C-level and be like, hey, guys, uh, we've been having a lot of issues with multi-factor authentication. I want to make it easier, and I want to install what's known as a YubiKey, which is, for 
and it's an actual thing. It's a finger registered uh, thumb drive that, or at least if I'm not getting it confused with another biometric or another, you know, key code, but what it is, it's just a USB that you plug in, it reads your fingerprint, pull out, and it knows. But, um, you know, it costs about a lot of money to go through and do that. And it's, exp- and like to set it up, it's going to take time. And ultimately they're going to be like, no, fuck you, <laughs> you know? Cause yes, I can build the most secure, you know, network and most secure system and everything else. But the problem is two things. One, it has to be user friendly. And two, I have to get a budget approved. And the thing with AI and all is eventually companies are going to want to onboard that. That's going to be a salesperson decision that's like, oh, well, I was actually using chat GPT to drum up my emails. And then all of a sudden, you know, the entire sales team wants to use chat GPT. And when it becomes a licensed product, it's going to be a conversation of, well, you know, are we going to spend the money on this? And it's just when it gets to that, because something of mine might get cut along the way because I understand as IT, I am not a money maker for the company. I'm a fucking sinkhole for those bastards. They just gave me a raise. So that hole got a little bit deeper. <laughs> now, mind you, do I, do I want a little bit more money? Of course I do. I'm going to try and talk about that. And you know, if it goes over well, I'll do a podcast on how to ask for a raise. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, all that to say, you know, I I have to be open-minded to technology. It's not me bringing it into my environment. It's other people. And, like, if I really did a cybersecurity podcast, the big thing I'd want to drive home is this. Is the human aspect is your make or break in every single thing that you do. I don't know... I mean, one security breach and your stock dips like a motherfucker. No, that's... It's true. But here's the thing, Ramu, And this is the crazy part to all of this. A lot of those big cyber attacks are because of management saying, Oh, that'll never happen to us. We're secure. We don't have, you know, any major issues. And that's the stupid part to all of it. Because... People don't realize that it's super easy to fall into a cybersecurity attack. It takes one person in a company of a million plus or 500,000 plus to get an email to come through and give a password. And then all of a sudden, if that person had credentials to something that an admin has and then the you know hacker gets into that admin computer and blows everything up, it took one person. You know, let's... Being like... Let's look back at a couple of big cybersecurity incidents. The Target red card scandal. That wasn't even Target. That was a subsidiary Target, an AC company, that got hacked. And because they had contacts to Target, they went across the connection they had to Target's AC system and then blew it up from there. Got into computers, like, from there, and just... And all of a sudden, they had all the POS data. Red card information was stolen, and nobody knew about it for a couple of hours. That shit's wild to me. Did I make a couple of bucks because of that? Yes, I did. Because there was a lawsuit about it, and I had a red card during the time. <laughs> well, actually, I think I actually got cash back because I made a transaction during that time. But regardless, I got money back. I appreciated it. Didn't affect me. But, uh... <laughs> The Colonial Pipeline, or I think that was what it was called, the gas line that runs around the southeast, that was a single password that got compromised because of an email that got out. And, you know, it was just putting your password here. And a simple, easy password. The thing is, is you cannot prepare enough for the human element. The only thing you can do is plan for destruction, plan for disaster. And when it happens, how quickly will it take you to get all the way back up? You know? It's it's hard. It's scary. It took years of schooling for me to understand it. And even to this day... It's so individual, like, down to the minute details that you can't exactly plan for. 
when you're in school at least, you do things called cost-risk analysis or risk-cost analysis, RCAs, where it's like, okay, how much risk are we willing to accept because I understand you are not going to give me all the money I need to completely eliminate the risk. That is when shit gets fascinating. And then you can actually start coming up with like hard money values as to, okay, if we leave an on-site email server on and that gets compromised and email information is let out what information's in those emails that's customer information that's financial information that's you know personal like secrets things liable or things that only the company should know like for example um cost for items if that information got leaked from what a distributor is offering us and what we're selling that product at if that information got leaked, it would go to shit. And that's the thing that you have to be able to understand enough. Like you have to understand the scope, like the entire scope of the business and every single thing that goes through. And then be able to say, okay, I can assign a dollar value to that. And then you also have to assign the non-tangible like cost of business. Like say, for example, if that information got out, the customer reputation. Or like the assumption of the company. What do we look like to our customers? How can we save face? To our distributors, how do we get their business back? To our, you know, anybody that's interested in us. You know, especially when you're an emerging business. It's so important to have this shit all hammered down. Because if you don't, you can shoot yourself in the foot from the get-go. It takes one person to compromise your entire system. And again, you get into these arguments, you get into these conversations, and management sometimes doesn't give a shit. They'll say, well, do the best you can, because why should I pay $50,000 a year for this massive cybersecurity solution that's going to keep us 100% safe, when I know my people, you know, they're not going to click on any stupid links. You know, I'll be real with y'all. I've run Pentest. I was actually, you know, a gray hat advocate for a while. It was part of my schooling because I actually had to have two servers that were up and going. One was a Windows server, one was a Linux server. And I had to be able to protect it against pen test. And in that, I actually had to write reports on other companies, including my own at the time, to say, okay... Where are we weak? Where are we vulnerable? Now, obviously, if I found something, it is my legal right to reach out and say, okay, I need to tell y'all that I found a vulnerability. And the problem is, too, is cybersecurity law has changed so much thanks to people who don't understand cybersecurity that me doing that now would land me in jail. Okay, Raymond says, yeah, hypothetically, if I was a malevolent person, I could have stolen thousands of credit cards from a minimum wage job. Having security is vitally important. Yeah, no, it is. And that's the thing, too, is you need to be able to put in what are called salts, like salting, into data. Because when, say, for example, a employee is the one that's acting maliciously, you need to salt the data so that way you know who had access to what at what time. Because realistically speaking, just like thievery, it's not a one-time thing. A thief doesn't pull off one great heist and then runs away for it forever. They say, okay, well, th- I got away with it this time. Let me-. And the greed of it starts you know, eating them. And they're like, I'm, I'm going to do more. And what you start doing is... Maybe, like, for example, there was actually a really interesting Google case about this. Or at least, it was Google, or, no, it was Tesla, actually. And, you know, I don't like Tesla. <laughs> I don't like Elon Musk. I, bro, I could go on a whole ass tangent about how stupid his recent change of the Twitter API is. Which, I might just do that, because I was really upset about that. Um, but, no, I will give credit where credit is due for this one thing. Early in Tesla's development... They were like they were exchanging, you know, crucial customer in, or crucial design information, and somehow, some way, that information was being leaked to news sites before Tesla was really even a thing. 
So what Elon did is he put specific, like he changed an email to every single person in the company at the time, just a little bit to say, okay, when this information gets out, I want to see who is saying it. And they were able to match that little key of information that he changed to a person, and that person was immediately fired. That's salting. But no, now that I've talked about the positive things, oh my god. (laughs) I don't like Tesla, Seth the Edison fan. Jesus. So, going back to Tesla for a little bit, and good old Elon Musk. For those of you who don't follow, you know, Twitter changes, which, granted, I don't think a lot of you do. Um, they recently changed it so that way the Twitter API, come February 9th, I believe, will now cost money per, you know, for use. Now, for those of you who don't know what an API is, to explain it on the most basic level, it is basically a phone call. Where that phone call goes out and reaches to, you know, a mailbox. Or, actually, let me back it up just a tiny bit. Yes, think of it as a phone call. But think of what you're calling is like, ah, here we go. Imagine ordering a pizza. Because that's what an API call is. The API call is you picking up the phone, which is an app, making a call to the pizza place, saying, hi, Papa John's. Actually, no, Papa John's is terrible. Hi, Domino's, the better pizza company. I'd like to place an order for a pepperoni pizza. And that call goes to, you know... Domino's, and they say, hey, we received a call about Domino's Pizza. They want pepperoni on it. So they, you know, things go back and forth. Money, obviously. But a little bit of communication's gone back and forth, and eventually Domino's sends back a pepperoni pizza to me. That, in short, is an API call, where you use an app, the phone, to request something from a database. Which, me making the call for a pepperoni pizza, told the database, Domino's, to send back a pepperoni pizza. And obviously, that app has different configurations in it. So, if I call and say, hey, I want a pepperoni and mushroom pizza, that call, the call itself, understands what I'm looking for and tells the database he wants a pepperoni and mushroom pizza. And thus, that's what I get. So, an API call is that call across, where I've designed an app to say, Hi, Twitter, I would like all your following information, or I'd like the following information of Phantasma Plumes. And it goes, it says, okay, it goes to Twitter database and says, Hi, Twitter database, I would like Phantasma Plumes following information. Like, how many followers does he have? And Twitter database says, okay, because you asked in a way that I understand, I'm going to send back 405. That is my current Twitter following count, which, by the way, thank you so much for 400 followers on Twitter. (laughs) I think, like, the last three were bots, but you know what? I'm fine with it. (laughs) But all that to say, that's how an API works. Now, being realistic, imagine, hell yeah, hell yeah, Jello. Imagine how many calls a Domino's gets a day. Those individual calls are API calls. And when you have, or API request rather. So when you look at the pricing structure for the way Twitter wants to do it, 500 requests, you're already out some shit ton of money. And what you're going to find is, oh, <laughs> Raymond says, thanks goes to all my 3,000 followers. Wow. How come you haven't passed any of those over to me, bestie? But <laughs> it's, um, no, genuinely speaking, Uh, God damn it, I did it again. When you start getting all these calls and the volume of it, you're going to be in deep money really quick. And depending on the time frame, yeah, no, you're going to be out a shit ton of money. Like the hourly fox things. Like you post a picture of a fox hourly. What did, I can guarantee you this is how the app worked. So using the phone metaphor again, I picked up the phone I called Google to look up, okay, I had to make sure she didn't turn on, but I had to look up, you know, a Fox photo. It says, okay, here's a Fox photo. 
I call Twitter and I say, Hi, Twitter, I have a tweet that I'd like to make. Here's a photo that I'd like to attach. In that conversation alone, that's easily, you know, two, three API calls just to go out and post a picture to Twitter. Because what it is is I'd like to receive the information of this account. Okay, here's the account information. Come back. Hey, I'd like to post this text and photo. Okay, we can post that uh, text and photo. All right, I'd like to, you know, post this every hour. All right, we post it every hour. Boom. That's three calls. That's why you'll find a lot of the bots are going to die on Twitter. Because they were made by hobbyists. They were made by people like me who went out and just wanted to have some fun. And you know what really pisses me off? I actually had to call one of my professors the other day. Or like yesterday. To tell him, hey, uh, that research project that you've been working on for like five years. Yeah, it's about to cost you a shit ton more. Do you have money in the grant left? Because we were doing a look into whether or not, you know, certain thing. Well, I can't. I can't say. Because I signed an NDA. But long story short, we were using Twitter's API to get number counts on certain things when certain topics were announced. Whether people were tweeting more during that time, shortly thereafter, and what the general responses of the tweets were. We parsed it through a filter to go through and say, and just count, you know, how many infractions there were. Just to see the end result. Like, I would love to tell y'all more about it. But no, it's going to cost him a shit ton more because the research grant that we had from it, or the research API that we had from it, uh, Twitter V2, or API V2 rather, let me go ahead and uh, mute this real fast. Why are you messaging me so late? One of my coworkers just emailed me. Uh, hopefully y'all don't hear this. Do, 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 Okay, well... I'll read that later. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I forgot to mute my phone. But that's when API call is. And it's going to cost him a shit ton more because we make a lot of API calls to look at specific things. And he he's freaking out. I'm not going to lie because there's no information about whether or not an established research paper, because that's the thing too, in order to use Twitter's research API or rather API V2, you at, for free, you had to put in a research request where you went through and said, these are the things I'm looking at, this is how often I'm looking at, this is how long the project's going, this is how long I need the API for. And it's all about to go up in flames. Because good old daddy Elon is trying to pay a big debt that he wasn't prepared for. It's stupid. At the end of the day, it's incredibly fucking stupid. Because you didn't... Like, that's the thing. Don't punish the people that are making your site better. A lot of people join Twitter because of the bots. Because they get information quickly. News sites publish information through bots. There's, you know... A bunch of information that's just readily available because a bot can quickly do a search. Like the Get Sauce bot, if you're an anime fan, can look up images and be like, oh, hey, this is where this is from, or this is what I think this is from. Remu says, is it good? Am I doing it? Are you proud of me, Daddy Elon? Oh, hell nah. Hell to the fucking nah. Dude, I would. Alright, this is so off-topic. Like, I'm supposed to be talking about Plumescast and everything else, but we got me on cybersecurity, and clearly, I I can do a fucking long-ass podcast about cybersecurity. But, anyway, no. If I had the opportunity to talk with Elon Musk, holy shit. One, I'd be, you know, incredibly honored. I, you know, I'll be up front, because I would be respectful And I would be open-hearted. It would be hard to be open-hearted. But I would... Excuse me. Because I want to know. I want to know how we got to this point. And I want to talk. Like, why are you taking all these things out? What's, you know, 
where the cost? Where, like, you're saying you're eliminating costs and all. You've fired so many people that kept the website up. What were their job descriptions? What were they doing? Because, yes, I fully believe. <clears throat> I fully believe that there were probably people working over at Twitter that just sat on their ass. That's how, oh, hi, thank you. <laughs> Can I have one more, please? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I got so interrupted. But um, no, like realistically speaking, here, God, I did it again. I tried to stop myself, but I was too committed to it. Um, but no, I just want to know. Like, yes or no? Let me back up. I'm sure there are some people at Twitter that were just sitting on their asses because it's a big company. You can't watch every single person. I'm sure that's a thing. But to destroy it to the level that he has and fired as many people as he has and make a bunch of people work from home suddenly that weren't prepared for it, like, mm. I'm In, like, the 18-hour nights, I really want to know what the end game is here. Also, I want to know what the fucking Twitter alternative is. <clears throat> and I'll tell you how I know. It's whatever the hell Grand Blue Fantasy attaches itself to after the fact. Because Grand Blue Fantasy has been built so heavily on the Twitter API, where, <clears throat> excuse me, where you can tweet out in the middle of a battle, hey, I need help, and Twitter will, here's the code, here's what I'm fighting, please help me. That's why I love Grand Blue Fantasy. But anyway, they have built so much of fucking Grand Blue Fantasy on top of Twitter's API that whatever it goes to, I pray to God it's not meta. I will probably go. I'm sorry. This little Twitter icon down here that's like, follow me at Phantasma Blooms. Man, bitch, Phantasma Blooms might be Phantasma gone. <laughs> but Raymu says, if I met Elon, I would be like, man, I love popular vote. The will of the people is great. Anyway, are you leaving yet? Bro. Oh. All right. This will be my last thing. Seriously, if you guys have questions about podcasts or anything like that, now's the time to ask. Because I'm about to go on another ten like short tangent. Also, we're about to come out on the ending of last podcast. So congratulations, everybody. We we surpassed previous podcast. But anyway, no. I wanna know why he has straight up lied about that. Like he came out and said for those of you who don't know, who don't use Twitter, Elon Musk came out and said any major changes will have a popular vote assigned to it. We won't do any changes without talking to people. Now, I'll be realistic with you. I used to be a Twitter stockholder. I used to be, like, in those company conversations because that's the beauty of being a stockholder. If I own just point zero 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 one of a stock, I'm able to be in these meetings and have and vote with my buying power. Granted, it's not much, but it was still fascinating to hear the inner workings of a company and what kind of things they were talking about. Well, what ended up happening was Elon Musk sold or basically bought back all of the public Twitter stock and made it a private entity. So that way he could do whatever the fuck he wants with it. So I made some change back from actually I mean, I actually made like 60 bucks off of it. Which was weird because I started with five. It was my very first stock, and I hate the fact that I no longer have it. Now, mind you, I could do a whole fucking podcast on stock trading. I would love to do that. And you know what? I might do it after I fucking, you know, get my <laughs> with my taxes done in a couple of weeks. But anyway, you know, I what he did is he took away the public's, like, the public ownership's ability to vote on the stupid shit that's going on. And he said, oh, well, we'll, we'll do a public vote. Yeah, absolutely. Of course we will. And nothing like that has shown up. It's crazy to me. And it kind of just is what it is to him. And, you know, we are all just living in Elon's world. It is what it is. So, but I think, I think I've talked enough about Twitter and all, so I want to open the conversation topic back to, if you guys want to, like, know anything else about podcast, I, again, like, I know this is in the middle of all this, um, 
if you want to have another conversation next week about the things I've learned while doing podcasts, I'm fully about it. I'm here to teach people. I'm here to educate the world in whatever way that I can. In fact, I'll probably call this episode, you know, one year anniversary plus Elon's Twitter. Because we talked a good shit done about Elon. But I definitely wasn't planning on that. But I definitely have a lot of thoughts on that motherfucker. But anyway, (laughs) I will give you all this opportunity now. If you have any questions about it or you want to ask me anything, now's the time to do so. If Now, mind you, this is for my live audience. For my pre-recorded audience, if you have any questions, absolutely feel free to send them to my email because I want to, you know, educate people. I don't want people, like, that's the thing, too. There's a book out called Everybody Has a Podcast Except for You. I've thumbed through a good chunk of it, not overly, now that I say that, I'm probably, like, maybe two or three chapters in, where it's like, you know, oh, my God. One year anniversary plus the drug tip top drug trip topics Raymond and Jello come up with. I mean that's basically every podcast at this point. But um no, like I've read through a couple of chapters of it and it's like, oh, you need to define your niche, you need to define this, you need to do and it's just like I'd rather people not have to buy a book. If you want to know how I've done podcasts and why I've enjoyed it to the level that I had Now's the opportunity to ask. If you want to, and like again, if you are listening to this down the line, like no matter how far down the line Plume's cast has come down, you found, you know, the one year anniversary episode, and you're like, ah, mm, Plume's is open for questions, I see. Mm, dear Seth, <laughs> fuck, I'll answer it. Shit, you know? Be like, yeah, I was listening to the one year podcast, and um, I want to know what do you prefer, tits or ass? <laughs> Obviously, I will answer that because I'm a fucking D-Gen, but you know. <laughs> or rather, I'm a fucking moron at the end of the day. But, oh my god, my eyes are blurry. I should have left my glasses on the entire time. Woo! Alright, that's a little bit better. Whoo! Lordy, 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 lordy. That, I have fun. I think that was actually a really good little episode there. But, is there anything else I want to talk about before ending things off from my side of things? Uh, I don't necessarily think so. You know, I've kind of, I've told y'all, like, I wanted to preserve, like, why I started podcasts, and that was self-preservation to some degree. It was to teach others another, but I also wanted to kind of tell my dad's stories. And, you know, he actually, back in the day, so, and this is the reason I'm telling you all this is it was my father's birthday yesterday or would have been my father's birthday yesterday. How old he would have been? Honestly, at this point, I couldn't fucking tell you. <laughs> He's been dead for a long while now. Um, Actually, yeah, coming up on seven years, I believe, because it was 2016. Yeah, it's 2023 now. But my dad, whenever he had some stupid word of wisdom that he wanted to say he'd always be like and that was another plume or or that was another pearl of wisdom from the dad man and you know i always appreciated that because those are the things that stuck with me you know things like be kind to everybody things like be smart with your money don't you know don't be like don't save all of it up but be smart with like have fun you work to have fun you work to live you don't live to work that was a pearl wisdom. Another one was never let your car get below a fourth of a gallon of gas because you never know what's sitting on top of the gas, like within your tank. If you're not clean, doing like routine gas cleanings, you know, using something like, uh, I couldn't tell you what the product was off the top. It's like Lucas. I think it is where it's an oil in, or a uh, gas or fuel injection cleaning where you just take like this bottle and you plug it into your gas or your gas tank let it drain, fill it up with gas, and then, or let the bottle drain, rather, don't empty your gas tank, but before you get gas, pour the shit in, fill up your tank so it mixes, and then let that run, and what that does is it clears up your fuel injectors, but anyway, I can talk cars too, I know a good amount about cars, thanks to that man, and you know, like, I want to share some of the stories that we've had between each other, you know, talking about my mom and his divorce and talking about, you know, living through that being, 
God, at that point, I was probably 16, 15-ish. Still learning my way of the world, but here I was. Um, Living in a broken household. Being abused. Like, yeah, no, not every story is going to be great. Not every pearl wisdom that he taught me is going to be amazing. But these are stories that I want to share. Both in honor of him and to inspire other people to be okay remind people rather that they're going to be okay because at the end of the day you know we will we got to keep marching towards the light and eventually we'll find it and the strength that we gain along the way will only help serve us better for the next tunnel that we fall in but whoo that was profound (laughs) all right i think because chat's been quiet for a minute, so I think this is a great time to go ahead and end it. Uh, we've been going for now a little bit over an hour. But guys, seriously, thank you so much for being here. And remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can listen to Plumescast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And by the time... Actually, no, by the time y'all hear it, it will not be on YouTube yet, but it'll be close enough to it. Um, you know, by whatever the Thursday is real quick, I'll take a look at the calendar. This is a great outro by Thursday, the 9th of February, you will actually have the first episode of Plumes cast. So I will be uploading them sequentially throughout the week or not throughout the week, but this Thursday will be episode one. And just continue on from there until I catch up. Which won't be that hard. But so long as I keep doing episodes, I shouldn't, idealistically, I shouldn't catch up to myself. (laughs) But it will give people to be like, hey, no, I do this on Spotify. Like, I'll add an intro to it. Be like, hi, you're listening to, you know, Plumescast episode one. Uh, this was originally recorded back on here, and if you want to listen to Modern Plumes Cast, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. But anyway, all that to say, YouTube will be coming, and you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Guys, thank you all so much for listening in and for a year of amazing podcasts. Clearly, the start of season one, or the start of season two, rather, has been off to an amazing start. And I'm excited for what season two brings. I have new things that I want to talk to you all about. I didn't get to talk about the future stuff, but I do have plans for the future, including guest stars and giving everybody who listens to this the opportunity to actually come on and be a part of the show And I'm going to be integrating wisdom more into things. So that way other people who've randomly stumbled upon us can jump in and be like, Hey, hi, funny man. I'll be like, hi, I'm the funny man. What do you want to talk about today? (laughs) Do more like a radio show type thing. But anyway, guys, seriously, thank you all so much for listening in. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone. Bye-bye.